0: All right, welcome back, everyone, to Talk to Tatiana show. And I have Gina Cox with me today. Gina is a coach, an industrial coach, an inclusion coach. And um, Gina, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here,
1: Tatiana. I'm so excited to be here with you. I have been watching your journey, uh, and it's fun, you know, that we're going to have this conversation.
0: Amazing. And I'm looking forward to learning more about you and what you do and your journey. So why don't you tell me and listeners and viewers how you started your businesses, what your journey was like?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I think the first thing that you need to know about me is that um, I'm a mother uh, and I got divorced when my daughter was one. And that really has been the driving force that has guided every career and business decision that I have made since she was born. So the first time that I was an entrepreneur was when she was very young, she was about five years old, and I just de- I realized that as a single parent, I was really going to have a lot of trouble balancing the obligations of a job, parent single parenting wanting to be there for all of her various activities um, and really feel like I was, you know, doing well in all of those things. So the fir- my first foray into entrepreneurship, which I actually did for 10 years uh, as she was then growing up uh, and getting ready for college, was primarily driven by this desire to be the best mom that I could be, and and really wanting, um, you know, not to have any regrets about parenting uh, in that phase of my life. Um, as she got older and went off to college, I went back to being an employee, and I did that for another fifteen years or what have you. Before I then decided again that I would once more step out and be on my own. The the difference was that this the second time. I knew I would never be going back to being an employee. So that was different. Uh, another difference was that this time around, I was really doing it for me because I had ideas um, and, and uh, things that I wanted to share with the world to help others be better. Uh, that only I felt I could provide. And so this time around, I'm doing it because of my passion for this work. Uh, And that's going to make a huge difference in terms of the impact that I will have just because of that, that real passion.
0: Awesome. And I am always excited to have guests who, um, really love what they do. I share the same, um, um, I guess, passion for my own business, for taxes, for accounting, for numbers, and small business owners who really want to make a difference in the world. So I'm always um, really happy to have someone like you on the show to share um, your passion for what you do. I think that's that passion is important. And I think that when people start businesses with passion, those businesses are the ones that change the world. Even if it's a smaller world um, like your state or your town or um, your family, mm-hmm. um, it's still world changing when uh, when we have passion for what we do. So uh, when you started both your, of your, well, I guess businesses both times, um, were there anything that surprised you in a good or a bad way and something that really you didn't expect? mm mm-hmm.
1: You know, the first time around, because the reasons I would, uh, of the reasons that I already mentioned uh, that were driving that sort of this parenting thing, um, uh, one of the things I did before I even left and, and stepped out on my own was I started to prepare. You know, I would, I joined the local chamber of commerce. Um, I and I and, and I did that so that I could meet other entrepreneurs and see what it felt like really on a day-to-day basis to be an entrepreneur. Uh I also did that because I knew that the chamber, the local chamber would have resources and you know, I didn't I because I wouldn't have a lot of money to, to spend on this, I wanted to just do it in a way where um it wouldn't break uh my budget. Um so I felt like I stepped out with some degree of preparation for what was ahead of me. What was surprising when I actually did it, though, was that, you know, I needed more resources. I thought I had everything from that chamber experience, but I really needed more resources. I needed resources that were really tailored to what it is that I specifically wanted to do. And I wish I had, you know, and I couldn't afford to have a lawyer for this and an accountant for that and a, and a, a therapist for the bad days and all the things that a small business owner needs to get started which is actually one of the reasons why I think your book is so great, because I wish I had had a single resource like that, that could help me with all of these various decisions that one needs to make in one place. So anyway, so the surprise the first time around was that, you know, there was a lot of work that I needed to do to set the business up that I kind of underestimated. This time around, I'm not as concerned about those things because, you know, it is possible to find resources. And by the way, your book is coming out. So if I if I worst case scenario, I will wait till I get your book. Um, But in all seriousness, uh, this time around, because I'm doing it because of this passion, um, what is kind of surprising is that I I feel the the concern that everybody probably feels when they worry, am I going to be able to make a living? We all share that concern. But but what I'm surprised by is how my passion just kind of like pushes that aside. I, I'm not as fearful about the things that could go wrong, even though I'm realistic. I think it is just knowing that I feel like I'm doing something that I was put on the planet to do uh, sincerely and, and purposefully that is very different. And it's, it's humbling and it's exciting. And, 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 you know, I wouldn't trade it.
0: That's amazing. I love that. Um, and the, I can feel your passion across the, the internet, um, <laughs> across the state lines. Um, and it's so important to have passion for what you do. It's so important to enjoy what you do. Yeah. Um, so thank you for sharing that and allowing me and hopefully <laughs> viewers and, li- and listeners feel that passion. Yeah. Um, so what do, you, what do you do now? Um, kind of who you work with and what is the transformation that your clients
1: experience? Yeah. So, you know, by training, I'm an industrial psychologist. And all that means is that I have for many, many years studied human behavior at work. And my particular focus has really been on helping leaders create work environments that where people are healthy and happy and they want to come to work. They like their coworkers. They want to be there and they do a good job. So I try to help leaders develop those kinds of environments and that's not changing in my new, in my new uh, business, but in, but what I am doing that's a little bit different is that I am now ramping up the focus on inclusion and inclusion is exactly what it sounds like. It's just helping leaders make sure that these cultures that they build are such that everybody in the organization could feel like they're included. And this is particularly important to me. All my life I have just been someone who's very interested in making sure that, you know, everybody feels comfortable. So I know you would look at me and you would you might assume that it's it's inter- I'm interested in this from the point of view of race and gender. Those things are true, but I'm also interested in it from the perspective of people who have disabilities. I'm interested in, in it, particularly with the perspective of the LGBTQ per, um, uh, population, just making sure that anybody, whoever shows up to do a job can do it well. Um, so inclusion is for everyone. And so what I'm doing um, nowadays, what I'm really focused on is helping leaders understand how can you just build an, an environment that everyone can thrive in and everybody can feel that re- those really good feelings that I talked about before.
0: I love that, and I think that we've talked a little bit before that we started recording about the fact that it's often the case that companies want to do something. They know they want to do something, but they just don't know what to do and how to do it. Mm -hmm. That's right. What's your experience with that?
1: Yeah, that's absolutely true. In fact, the reason I'm doing this is because, um, especially after the summer of 2020, um, leaders in in my client companies were saying to me that they were a little bit frustrated. And what they were frustrated about was that they they wanted to make sure that, in fact, within their organizations, that everything was like I described it, you know, inclusive. Everybody could just be themselves and, and show up and feel like they would have a place but they weren't quite sure how to go about it. So they were frustrated about not knowing what to do. So I see that all the time. And, you know, I, I try to demystify that for leaders. I try to say like, don't worry to try to think about, do you have to have a diversity and inclusion program, which I know is what other people will tell them to do. I I actually don't. I think the most important thing is for leaders to just say, you know what, let's figure out where we stand. We, this is what we want. And what this really boils down to is that we want to make sure that every manager in this company behaves in a way when they're managing a group of people where everybody can feel the way I described. So sometimes the work that I'm doing is helping develop a strategy for that leadership team. Sometimes it's working directly with managers from a coaching perspective to teach them some new behaviors and some new ways that really benefit everybody in their team. Um, and sometimes I'm working directly with, the, with a team of employees uh, doing you know focus groups and that sort of thing. Um, but it's all in service of, of just creating these great work environments
0: terrific. I love that. And I know we also talked a little bit about um I just want to take you kind of um uh, to take you aside uh, aside a little bit and and just um talk a little bit about your background. I know that you are from Barbados, right? Um we talked about this a little uh, prior to recording. So, could you share your um experience, your um kind of how your your early story and how you kind of Feel about that um, home, that first home of yours, um, and what what that experience was like.
1: Well, I have to tell you, growing up on a small island is pen pretty fantastic. <laughs> it was pretty blissful, if I might say so. I had a wonderful, uh, you know, upbringing, and it was and it was great. And um, and I still call, I still go there. I still have that feeling of. feeling welcome. It's kind of like being in a small town, being from a small town in the United States and with your little main street and everybody knows everybody and they know your grandmother and they know all that and they know more than you want them to know. Um, it probably is just like that, right? Um, I, I think though that that experience really, um, has shaped even this conversation that we're having today because I grew up in an environment where I always felt very included, uh, coming to the United States, um, I have to say, uh, was a bit of a transition because I had to learn um, uh, sort of a whole new culture when I came to the United States. And I realized that, you know, there are so many different groups in this huge country. This is the reason why, you know, you can't just say, okay, well, you know, everybody's having the same experience. So in a way, you know, coming to the United States kind of sharpened my focus on the issues that I work on. But I I also know that you know, one of the things about Caribbean people is when you walk down the street, you always make eye contact. You always say hello to anybody and everybody, including people you've never met before. And and it's kind of funny how I know that inclusion is really all about just taking every individual who crosses your path and treating them with that same level of respect and consideration, um, treating everybody that way. That's real simple. I think a lot of that point of view comes from uh, my upbringing in the islands.
0: That's awesome. I love that. I wish um, one day, hopefully soon, we'll all be able to travel and visit Barbados. Yes, it's,
1: it's, um... you should. And, <laughs> I, and let me make a plug here for the chamber, I mean, uh, for the travel... Um, uh, Vis- Visitors and Convention Bureau, Bureau in Barbados. You know that Barbados is one of those countries that has had a COVID pandemic passport, where you can just pick up and take your whole family down there, and they would provide for the transition. You know from quarantining and different things, and you can work from Barbados, and then whenever you're ready, you can come back to the United States. So that's a plug for Barbados. <laughs> I've heard. I think, I've, I've,
0: heard, sure. I think <laughs> I've heard that actually. Yeah. I've heard that, and I was. I think I know someone who moved there actually yeah. from the United States for right. a year. Yeah, which is yeah. awesome.
1: It does. It does work, you know. So again, I don't get paid for promoting Barbados. I just love <laughs> it. That <much. laughs>
0: That's awesome. Um, and coming back, can I want to bring you back to what you do now? Yes. Um, I'm curious to know, and I think that people listening and or watching uh, would be curious to know. What would um, is there a size um, of the company that you work with, um, or maybe if there is a better fit for what you do to a, to a company that's smaller or bigger or somewhere in the middle? Talk a little bit about that if you can.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I do work primarily with larger companies, five thousand employees are more for the inclusion strategy work um, because um, they tend to have more complicated issues that they may not be able to handle themselves internally. But I also work with smaller companies uh, and it just really kind of depends on what it is that they're trying to solve for. And I can, I customize everything that I do and I can scale that to different size companies. The main thing is, you know, what exactly is it that that company is trying to solve for? If it has anything to do with human behavior in the workplace, particularly anything to do with inclusion, then I can probably help you. Uh, The other thing is I do work directly with leaders as well in the coaching work. So sometimes a company will want to hire me to work directly with a a particular leader who wants to do some particular thing for his or her team where he or she feels like, you know, I feel like I could be more effective or like there's something that I could tweak a little bit to be more effective. Um, So that coaching work is something that I can do for a leader uh, in any organization. Typically, when I do that work, um it's paid for by the company by the, by that person's employer uh and so i can work with a leader in any organization
0: amazing um and i know that you have a book in the works um coming out spring of 2022 so talk a little bit about who the book is for and what's the um again the transformation that it provides um to the reader
1: Mm-hmm. So the book is is not surprising about uh, in, about inclusion um, and about this frustration that my clients often tell me that they experience where you know, they want to make sure that they have uh, work environments where everybody can thrive and feel like they can be their best. But they're not sure if they do, because they haven't really given this particular issue much thought, or I should say, they've given it more thought than ever, ever since George Floyd was killed in the summer of 2020. Now they're asking themselves, okay, is everything okay in my company? And they're not quite sure what to do. So my book is intended to help leaders who might have that anxiety and frustration about what what should they do to provide them with some tools so that they really know what to do um, and can have some confidence in doing that uh, because they will have um, sort of, I will take them on a journey where they, they understand not only what should be done or what could be done, but how they as an individual can play a very important role and feel good about themselves uh, at the end of it.
0: Uh, I love that. Um, and I can't wait for your book. So keep on writing it. Um, it's, <laughs> it's an exciting, it's an exciting, but it's a very involved process. So um, it's, um, you have to be patient, but at the same time, when the book finally arrives, that's the moment that you feel like, you know, like this is a life-changing book. And I think that um, your book will be a life-changing book for leaders who want to be inclusive in their businesses. And I think that most business owners are those leaders. Most business owners who really think about, who really consider themselves leaders as opposed to just bosses, yes, uh, really want to be inclusive. Um, they just don't know often how to even approach the subject. Yes. So I think that your book is very important. Um, so Gina, uh, where can people connect with you and find you? Um, and do you have any resources for the audience that we can share?
1: Yeah, you can find me at my website. It's FeelsHuman.com, because that's not surprising. My work is all about building more humane organizations. So FeelsHuman.com. On my website, if you are interested on the services tab, you can have... um, Access to a document that I've created to help you think a little bit about where you as a leader of an organization are on your inclusive inclusion journey. So it gives you some sense of, you know, do I need to do more? Am I doing just right? Um, And that's something that you can download uh, from that site. And um, on the website as well, there's also a contact me page where you can. Uh, reach out to me, and I would be happy to uh, have a, a conversation with you uh, to, to learn more about what, you know, where you think I can help you uh, and let you know if I can. So I would love to hear from every one of your listeners if I can help.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing. And those of you who are listening or watching, you will find um, the links in the show notes um, at or below the video if you're on YouTube. Um, and I hope that you reach out to Gina and get a conversation started. I'm, I'm really excited. And Gina, thanks so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. I love having people like you who are passionate about what they do. Um, and I, I'm re- I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope we can do it again sometime.
1: Absolutely. And Tatiana, thank you so much for having me. It's been a great pleasure. Thank
0: you.